Section One of Confessions, Volumes Three and Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, Volumes Three and Four by Jean-Jacques Rousseau Anonymously translated Section 1 Volume 3 Leaving the service of Madame de Vercellis nearly as I had entered it, I returned to my former hostess, and remained there five or six weeks during which time health youth and laziness frequently rendered my temperament importunate i was restless absent and thoughtful i wept and sighed for a happiness i had no idea of though at the same time highly sensible of some deficiency this situation is indescribable few men can even form any conception of it because in general they have prevented that plenitude of life at once tormenting and delicious my thoughts were incessantly occupied with girls and women but in a manner peculiar to myself these ideas kept my senses in a perpetual and disagreeable activity though fortunately they did not point out the means of deliverance i would have given my life to have met with a mademoiselle goton but the time was past in which the play of infancy predominated increase of years had introduced shame the inseparable companion of a conscious deviation from rectitude which so confirmed my natural timidity as to render it invincible and never either at that time or since could i prevail on myself to offer a proposition favourable to my wishes unless in a manner constrained to it by previous advances even with those whose scruples i had no cause to dread my stay at madame de vercellis's had procured me some acquaintance which i thought might be serviceable to me and therefore wished to retain among others i sometimes visited a savoyard abbe monsieur gemme who was tutor to the comte de melared's children he was young and not much known but possessed an excellent cultivated understanding with great probity and was altogether one of the best men i ever knew he was incapable of doing me the service i then stood most in need of not having sufficient interest to procure me a situation but from him i reaped advantages far more precious 
which have been useful to me through life, lessons of pure morality and maxims of sound judgment. In the successive order of my inclinations and ideas, I had ever been too high or too low, Achilles or Thersites, sometimes a hero, at others a villain. Monsieur Gem took pains to make me properly acquainted with myself, without sparing or giving me too much discouragement. He spoke in advantageous terms of my disposition and talents, adding that he foresaw obstacles which would prevent my profiting by them. Thus, according to him, they were to serve less as steps by which I should mount to fortune than as resources which might enable me to exist without one. He gave me a true picture of human life, of which hitherto I had formed but a very erroneous idea, teaching me that a man of understanding, though destined to experience adverse fortune, might, by skilful management, arrive at happiness, that there was no true felicity without virtue which was practicable in every situation. He greatly diminished my admiration of grandeur by proving that those in a superior situation are neither better nor happier than those they command. One of his maxims has frequently returned to my memory. It was that if we could truly read the hearts of others, we should feel more inclination to descend than rise. This reflection, the truth of which is striking without extravagance, I have found of great utility in the various exigencies of my life, as it tended to make me satisfied with my condition. He gave me the first just conception of relative duties, which my high-flown imagination had ever pictured in extremes, making me sensible that the enthusiasm of sublime virtues is of little use in society, that while endeavouring to rise too high we are in danger of falling and that a virtuous and uniform discharge of little duties requires as great a degree of fortitude as actions which are called heroic, and would at the same time procure more honour and happiness, that it was infinitely more desirable to possess the lasting esteem of those about us, and at intervals to attract admiration. In properly arranging the various duties between man and man, it was necessary to ascend to principles. The step I had recently taken, and of which my present situation was the consequence, naturally led us to speak of religion. It will easily be conceived that the honest Monsieur Gem 
was in a great measure the original of the savoyard vicar prudence only obliging him to deliver his sentiments on certain points with more caution and reserve and explain himself with less freedom but his sentiments and counsels were the same not even accepting his advice to return to my country all was precisely as i have given it to the public dwelling no longer therefore on conversations which every one may see the substance of i shall only add that these wise instructions though they did not produce an immediate effect were as so many seeds of virtue and religion in my heart which were never rooted out and only required the fostering cares of friendship to bring to maturity though my conversation was not very sincere i was affected by his discourses and far from being weary was pleased with them on account of their clearness and simplicity but above all because his heart seemed interested in what he said my disposition is naturally tender i have ever been less attached to people for the good they have really done me than for that they designed to do and my feelings in this particular have seldom misled me thus i truly esteemed monsieur gem i was in a manner his second disciple which even at that time was of inestimable service in turning me from a propensity to vice into which my idleness was leading me one day when i least expected it i was sent for by the comte de la roque having frequently called at his house without being able to speak with him i grew weary and supposing he had either forgot me or retained some unfavourable impression of me returned no more but i was mistaken in both these conjectures he had more than once witnessed the pleasure i took in fulfilling my duty to his aunt he had even mentioned it to her and afterwards spoke of it when i no longer thought of it myself he received me graciously saying that instead of amusing me with useless promises he had sought to place me to advantage that he had succeeded and would put me in a way to better my situation but the rest must depend on myself that the family into which he should introduce me being both powerful and esteemed i should need no other patrons and though at first on the footing of a servant i might be assured that if my conduct and sentiments were found above that station i should not long remain in it the end of this discourse cruelly disappointed the brilliant hopes the beginning had inspired what for ever a footman said i to myself with a bitterness which confidence presently effaced 
for i felt myself too superior to that situation to fear long remaining there he took me to the comte de gauvon master of horse to the queen and chief of the illustrious house of solar the air of dignity conspicuous in this respectable old man rendered the affability with which he received me yet more interesting he questioned me with evident interest and i replied with sincerity he then told the comte de la roque that my features were agreeable and promised intellect which he believed i was not deficient in but that was not enough and time must show the rest after which turning to me he said child almost all situations are attended with difficulties in the beginning yours however shall not have too great a portion of them be prudent and endeavour to please every one that will be almost your only employment for the rest fear nothing you shall be taken care of immediately after he went to the marquise de bray his daughter-in-law to whom he presented me and then to the abbe de gauvon his son i was elated with this beginning as i knew enough of the world already to conclude that so much ceremony is not generally used at the reception of a footman in fact i was not treated like one i dined at the steward's table did not wear a livery and the comte de favria a giddy youth having commanded me to get behind his coach his grandfather ordered that i should get behind no coach nor follow any one out of the house meantime i waited at table and did within doors the business of a footman but i did it as it were of my own free will without being appointed to any particular service and except writing some letters which were dictated to me and cutting out some ornaments for the comte de favria i was almost the absolute master of my time this trial of my discretion which i did not then perceive was certainly very dangerous and not very humane for in this state of idleness i might have contracted vices which i should not otherwise have given in to fortunately it did not produce that effect my memory retained the lessons of m gem they had made an impression on my heart and i sometimes escaped from the house of my patron to obtain a repetition of them i believe those who saw me going out apparently by stealth had no conception of my business nothing could be more prudent than the advice he gave me respecting my conduct my beginning was admirable so much attention assiduity and zeal had charmed every one 
the abbe gem advised me to moderate this first ardour lest i should relax and that relaxation should be considered as neglect your setting out said he is the rule of what will be expected of you endeavour gradually to increase your attentions but be cautious how you diminish them as they paid but little attention to my trifling talents and supposed i possessed no more than nature had given me there was no appearance notwithstanding the promises of comte de gauvon of my meeting with any particular consideration some objects of more consequence had intervened the marquis de bray son of the comte de gauvon was then ambassador at vienna some circumstances had occurred at that court which for some weeks kept the family in continual agitation and left them no time to think of me meantime i had relaxed but little in my attentions though one object in the family did me both good and harm making me more secure from exterior dissipation but less attentive to my duty end of section one recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey